This is the Hong Kong Football Podcast, coming to you from Kowloon, Hong Kong, during a week in which nothing happened. My name, as always, is not James Legg. I'm Jonathan White, and I'm here with, as always, Tobias Sousa. Hello, everyone. How are you going, Toby? I'm great. Thanks a lot. It's great having you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Yes, finally back, right? It has been quite a while. It's been a while. All we needed was a, an away leg in Europe. Yeah, indeed. Finally. It's always nice if there's an away leg in Europe, yeah. making some room for new people in here. <laughs> yeah, as everyone knows, of course, the situation in Hong Kong has been quite stressful over the last couple of days. And one of the consequences of this was that all the games were indeed cancelled by the Hong Kong Football Association. That means the Hong Kong Premier League games, the first division games, the second division games, the third division games, the youth games, the reserve divisions, and so on. Uh, we don't know yet what is happening in the next coming weeks. There's now still the international FIFA break. So Hong Kong is indeed playing, but not in Hong Kong. This is the only place at the moment where we can play. So for today, I think most of you will actually discuss the national team. And there's actually some news just coming in today about, again, the political element of the Hong Kong national team. Uh, did you hear about this? No, what's that? Uh, that's the fine given to the Hong Kong FA by FIFA for booing the national anthem during the Iran game. Oh, I so, did uh, hear yeah. about the fine. Right. Yeah. A huge fine, 15,000 Swiss francs. That is how much? 120,000 Hong Kong dollars. Yeah. 12,000 Great British pounds sterling. And if you look at it in terms of the, the national team, there was 14,000 people at that Iran game and even with the tickets priced as they were that's still a lot of people when you consider the price of renting out the stadium right so basically everything is gone <laughs> it's a massive financial right. hit for the Hong Kong FA and as the chairman said at the time there's little they can do about it so what does it mean then for the next coming game so we will have two home games in November one against Bahrain and another one against Cambodia do you think they can go ahead as planned the word from the HKFA is they're going ahead as planned. They're preparing for these games as they see them happening. They've said they've not had any complaints or letters or approaches from the other FA or from the AFC yet. So we have to assume they're happening. But based on what's happening in Hong Kong football so far, with these most recent upcoming qualifiers, the ones that aren't going to happen, and what's happening in the wider sporting scene in the city, I think we've got to be a little bit worried that we're not going to get any football in November either. I mean, it reached a point where you cannot really say anything what's going to happen the next weekend because different laws might be implemented. And one big factor, I think maybe some listeners don't know this, but one of the main factors, it seems, for a lot of the cancellations is that actually public transport is now often just temporarily or completely shut down. This is often the MTR. And in the last weekend, we had like a almost complete shutdown on Saturday and Sunday, which meant that it would not even be possible for teams to show up to the pitch. And a lot of the pitches were actually closed as well, or they are closing early. So just to, to emphasize, it's not really the decision of the FA that they want to cancel the games, but given the situation of transport, given the situation of safety, they, I believe, still do the kind of right decision on that. I don't right think they've got any yeah. alternative, have they? Like you say, a lot of the MTR stations are not open. Even the lines where they are open, sometimes they're shutting early. So you could go to a game and then feasibly not be able to get home. And then with the way the taxis are priced, gouging people for more money, or the protests are moving about, you don't know where they're going to be either. It is, in, you know, the, the interests of safety. I saw it on Twitter pointed out, though, that cancelling Hong Kong football, you know, there's not that many people inconvenienced 
in some games there's probably more players and uh, officials than there are crowd but still you know it's the right decision there's there's little else that could be done yeah that's very true depending on how long this lasts right it will be kind of a big burden for the guys who are in charge of scheduling all these games because I've just been counting if you include all the divisions they have cancelled 103 games just since November 4th these are youth games and reserve division third uh, second first division Premier League at some point you're running out of time right so if this still happens a few more times then it will be a tight situation to reschedule all these games i'm not sure then what's the plan b or if there are any kind of new arrangements for this if they maybe want to start games earlier in the morning uh, where things are still quieter play macau style where you have three right. or four or five games in the same stadium on the same day on wednesday right starting <laughs> at 9 30 in the morning and have everything finished at 2 30 that could be a possibility i'm not sure like at some point you might need to consider something or in the worst case even considering maybe we need to cancel a cup like the sapling cup heaven forbid that the sapling cup goes yeah of course it will be a big loss but i mean now we're just speculating no one said that the sapling cup will be gone no but it is a, a genuine concern considering there's only really been what feels like two or three weekends of football cancelled and there's only been two or three weekends of football played we're, we're quite far behind and 103 games as you say is a lot to reschedule especially when pitches are at a premium in hong kong and there's you know a concern that they're not going to be open to be played on at that point i think we cannot even say if there will be any games in the next coming of weeks as well. It's really a situation where no one really can predict what's happening next. Considering this has happened and the season has been stop-start, to put it kindly, this was going to be a big year for Hong Kong football. They'd qualified for the EAFF in December when they were under Gary White. They also had what was going to be a jam-packed schedule in comparison to previous years where there was six World Cup qualifiers before the end of the year. Now we're missing the home ones. We don't know what's going to happen in November, as we said. How badly do you think this is going to affect the national team's hopes and also, if not hopes, their ability to uh, prepare for any of this? That's a good question. I think I haven't really thought about this, but it will actually become a kind of crucial factor. If the local league is completely paralyzed, at some point they could just think, okay, we just make a three-month team camp <laughs> and put everything together. But yeah, this could be a very difficult situation also for Mixopatelainen to have like the players all in form. Before that, I was actually worried a little bit about the EFF competition as well, because it's a kind of less important tournament played in December, right between very important league fixtures. I think in the worst case, it could even be now that they reschedule some games in there and send an under-23 team to Korea. I would also imagine that a lot of local teams are not very keen on sending a lot of players to Korea. They don't have to because it's not an actual FIFA break and you don't really want your best players playing minus five degrees three games I think in, in six days or so yeah as you said the big games actually coming up in November particularly the Bahrain and Cambodia home game these are the games where they need to make the points and if there the preparation will be interrupted then yeah this this could be a, a huge disadvantage for sure it's a bit of a shame considering it was you know six months ago Hong Kong football looked like it was certainly on the way up if not a bit of a peak for recent years that we've come to this so quickly now before we become too depressive <laughs> I just want to ask you, because we have now the pleasure to have you on the show, what is your impression so far about this season? Because it actually started, I feel, quite exciting in the first month of the new Hong Kong Premier League. Really exciting. It looks like we've got a, a much bigger title race. It looks like there's several teams that are, are willing to uh, to go for it. Like Taipo were somewhat decimated over the summer 
quickly become an Eastern. Uh, Southern had to move. They've headed all the way up to Hong Kong, which is nowhere near home for them. Admittedly, we're in Hong Kong, so it's not too far. Kitschy, we're always going to be there or thereabouts, but the results so far are interesting. It's it's just a shame that we, you know, last week we missed out on the uh, Direction Derby. That would have been nice to see, to see where we were at. RNF, I think they were title favourites going into the season, but already now you think, well, there's a situation there with their home games and they were meant to be approved to, uh, to play there and now there's a little bit of uh, feedback again and voting rights and all that. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes there. I don't know if that's affecting how they'll play. Um, just be nice to see some more football. But it looks like it's going to be good. Yeah, and even like you have some surprising results as well. I think like there have been a few games uh, right before the national day. And I think the kind of most outstanding fixture was the loss of Pegasus to Rangers. So that puts Pegasus at the bottom of the league, which is, um, I think, a new territory for them. <laughs> yeah, it's a new low considering Rangers were not fancied. Uh, new, <laughs> newly promoted. Also, Pegasus took a hiding the first game of the season and it seems to have got worse somehow from there. They really don't seem to have the best squad this season as well and having lost to Lehman at the very beginning, yeah, I think that really already set this direction of being a kind of disappointing season that waits for them and maybe even relegation if it continues like this. But yeah, as you said, I think this year you could really say you have actually quite a lot of teams that are fighting for the title with Eastern, of course, Kitschi, Southern. Interesting also Lehman who have been doing quite well so far and then you have a lot of teams who are not safe from relegation as well this season so it should be interesting if we ever see them playing again Indeed. in the next coming weeks um, it seems like those teams who are not fighting for the title they can beat each other though like it's completely unpredictable at that end or that half of the table and then the top half it feels it's a little bit more wide open than last year which was more wide open than it's been in recent years so what, what's your take on it who would you have as title favourites right now say the league was to end tomorrow yeah um, I think I would still stick with my pre-season prediction where I would favourite Eastern just because they're basically the champions because it's typo just disguised in blue and still up there I believe Kichi R&F they really need to prove something very soon because it doesn't really look that great for them, particularly in the first few games. Salvan have also been struggling a bit and Lehman could be that kind of surprise package. But as you said, it's still amazing in, in terms of you have a lot of already big upsets in the in the first few weeks. So Yunlong took away points from Kichi, then Taipo just took away points from Eastern in a 3-3 draw, which was very, very exciting football indeed. And no one really expected that Taipo would still have a chance given the big gap that they have now on paper and particularly facing the ex-girlfriend more or less that have just ditched them for a better looking guy. So yeah, I think that that was also quite surprising. Altogether, I was very excited about this season, but now it has already lost momentum. If you look back, I think the last game of Kitschi was September 14 or so, given that then the Community Cup was cancelled already. So you almost feel like it loses its appeal also if there's too long of a break as well. And that's a shame. So we hope it's coming back <laughs> as soon as possible. Fingers crossed. Now, we still have like one big thing to talk about and we jump right into this just after this short break. The Hong Kong Football Podcast comes out every two weeks, dropping on each second Wednesday. Make sure you never miss our latest show by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, or wherever else you get your podcasts. 
All right. So the one big thing that we still need to talk about is the upcoming World Cup qualifying game of Hong Kong against Iraq. They're going to play in Iraq on October 10th. So maybe if you listen to this early enough, it's still a preview. If you listen to this after October 10th, it's more of a summary of future present tense. <laughs> Of what will have happened at that point, right? What we thought would have happened, whether that's happened or not. So, big game, nonetheless. First away game for Hong Kong in the campaign. Did you see any... Second away game after Cambodia. No? Oh, right. I forgot. The... I, I wanted to... <laughs> Thank you for, for reminding me. I, I almost successfully blocked it out. This... Well, it, it didn't go yeah. to plan, that's for sure. But I've actually watched it. So even more concerning that it completely disappeared from my memory. But I know the reasons why. A useful um, skill for watching Hong Kong football. To be honest, like after the Cambodia game, I felt quite upset. But I think they made up for it in the Iran game, which was really a like, very good performance. Now for the Iraq game, Mixu Patilain has called up again his preferred 23 men. Did you notice any notable changes in the squad this I think time? The, the big omission is Festus. Um, he's been around the national team for a long while. It feels like Festus has been around for a long while. Yeah. <laughs> and he will stick around for a long while still. Yeah, yeah. hopefully there's many more Scorpion kick-on goals in the future for us to enjoy. Um, but he was in the last squad and then he pulled out through injury and then played for his Chinese team, Guizhou, and now it seems that attitude may have cost him. Yeah, I also have that feeling that this was a major reason for that. But that said, right, with Guizhou, he's still on kind of promotion course at the moment. Yeah, so they're uh, second in the uh, table for China League One at the moment, 51 points, the same as uh, a certain Yaya Torres Qingdao side. There's teams behind them, a couple of points, 49 and 47. They're playing the team in fourth on 47 in the coming weeks, Xie uh, Zhuang. My favourites. Well, well, what a the, beautiful city. The, the, the Beijing one of the... Uh, <laughs> of Hubei, yeah. Of China League One. <laughs> exactly. Or are they the typo of China League One? Yeah, well, more like that. And let's not forget uh, Festus Space. A couple of years ago, he was the one who got Goichu actually promoted with his header. And then right afterwards was a pitch invasion, which then made Goichu play the first Chinese Super League game behind closed doors. He's a, a so man for history, isn't he's he? He's a legend, yes. It would be nice if he can get back into the CSL. And back into the national team as well <laughs> for <laughs> Hong Kong. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you think there's a chance that you know this title race is probably a reason of some pressure from his club saying... Don't go and get involved in the uh, national team. We need you fit for this. I think so. And because I do believe his standing is quite good in the club, he's really having a leading role, often even the captain of the team. And I could imagine that they would also say, oh, you are 40 years old, you might have a future at this club as well after you retire. And for this reason, it might be fair enough at that point right in your career that you prioritize the club. There, there are people who start prioritizing the club when they are 33 or when they are called Renato Augusto. Uh, instead of the national team. So, yeah, I think at the age of 40, you could almost be understanding for, for this decision. Sure. All right, so back to the national team. Anyone else? Uh, There's no James Ha this time. Yeah. Which is a shame because I thought he had a very good game against Iran. Uh, he was played up front on his own in what was a... 7-2-1 formation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Very defensive. There were a lot of defenders on that and he was he was given all of the responsibility going forward. Admittedly, he did drop back a little too deep trying to get involved at times, but when he played up front, he, he was the outball for Hong Kong and the two chances that they had both stemmed from him getting it and having a run at the defenders. Iraq are not ranked as highly as their neighbours. Iran are the best team in Asia, still. Yeah. And, you know, Hong Kong put in a creditable, if, you know, particularly Mixu Patalainen performance 
Um, but James Har was at the centre of everything good and positive about that. And you know, when when the coach said oh, a couple of chances could have got in, it it was him who'd made those couple of chances. So could he have done a job against Iraq? You'd have hoped so. But now you know he's out injured, so that's that's not an option. Yeah, that's very true. I also thought that his performance was very good against Iran, uh, that he really filled up this role better than Sandro would because he is faster, also more physical and he really seemed to be more capable of holding the ball and annoying the defense more and then speeding up when necessary. Sandro is a good center forward but he is slow and whenever Hong Kong needs to play very fast or counter-attack, he is not the ideal person up front. Alex Akande might be a bit of a better option because he is fast but he doesn't play much. No. Um, I think, I'm not even sure he made a game recently at Dalian. I don't think so, right? No, no not seen him trouble the uh, team sheet or the scorers for a long while right but he is he's an exciting player to watch and he's more than capable mm. but it seems his role with the national team probably because his, his role with his club is so diminished but his role with the national team is to come on and try and cause a bit of havoc with 25-30 minutes to go that's good but you need someone to work the defence before that and that was James Ha last game it, it was James Ha to some extent the game before against Cambodia like he should have played probably up front I think where he's used sort of wide right which he was very keen to make clear wasn't his position after the game but you know prior to the Iran game he, he said he'll do a job for the team wherever he's played he played in his preferred position up front he certainly did a job for the team and I, I think they'll miss him yeah no I, I'm also afraid that will be the case that all said I mean the rest of the team are really just I would say usual suspects again we have the two fullbacks in the squad which I also believe played very well Lao Tzu-Jun and uh, Trivan Kit so I also would expect that at least one of them will start against Iraq as well. And yeah, midfield, you have the usual options with Tanjun Lok. Wong Wai is now back in the team and also has now a new club with Eastern. He has just joined as well, not managing to get the move abroad just yet, but I think we'll still work on this in the future. And yeah, Huang Yang and yeah, Tu Yingzhi, Su Deshui, really the people that you would also expect being called up for the national team. Now that all said, I think we have to admit we don't know too much about Iraq. Um, very little. Very <laughs> we do know that they've got a lovely pitch. Yes, how do we know that? <laughs> Alex Okanda has been good enough to tell us that they've got a lovely pitch. That's right. So despite also the kind of social unrest that's happening in Iraq, uh, where they are playing, I think that's Basra. Not sure if that's the right pronunciation, but it's in the very south of Iraq. And there's the, I think it's a very new international stadium that they built there. And so they're playing there and the weather seems to be nice. The pitch seems to be nice and they seem to be well taken care of, which is good to know. We hope we can offer the same hospitality to the Iraq team when they come to Hong Kong. We don't know yet. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so conditions seem to be looking good. But knowing that Iraq used to be, I mean, a, a quite strong team in Asia, and I think the expectation there are still quite high that they should finish runners-up in a group behind Iran. I think that's certainly the belief yeah. within Iraq and within sort of the wider Asian football community that they are the second strongest team in the group. But do you have, like, doubts about this? I think any doubts I have are more hopes that Hong Kong can suddenly sneak themselves higher up this qualification table, maybe get that AFC Asian Cup spot that we all hope they can come back with. I don't know, even with the unrest that has been going on in Iraq for a long time now, they've still been strong in regional tournaments. That's a credit to something, whether that's, you know, the the football philosophy that's over there or, or the fact that, you know, people are still battling away to make the football happen. Like, that's really creditable. And now they're allowed to play home games internationally again. Like, that's, that's a big draw. And country 
countries are, are very proud of their national teams. You've seen it here in Hong Kong, even when you know there's there's little to play for quite often. So for Iraq to take on Hong Kong in front of their own fans, that's probably going to be a big enough draw to get them to play well anyway. Oh, that's very true. And I think it's been like just fairly recently that they're allowed again to play home games, right? So I think they, they're really looking forward to it and also fans are looking forward to this occasion. Now, to put you on the spot, like what do you think is possible for Hong Kong? Can they get a result? What would you consider a result? <laughs> well, a point. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they can get a point and I think the manager will be going there to get a point. Cambodia was a disappointment and it was certainly a game that Hong Kong expected to win given their previous history against Cambodia. Iraq, can they get a point? Well, there's no burden of history because the teams haven't played a FIFA meeting before. So this is it's a whole new ball game if you want. Mm. Um, <laughs> and Pat Alainen has shown that he's happy to go and play for a point. He did that against Iran. There's no reason why he would change that dramatically to go to Iraq in an away game and think, you know, we're going to play free-throwing football here. It's going to be two banks of four, two banks of five even. Mm. Um, but, it, you know, you see plenty of games where teams playing well can't score. There's even a chance with a set piece they could nick it. But I'd say the chance of a point isn't out of the realms of possibility. History can be made. Right. I'm glad to hear that. I think I share the kind of same hope. There should be a possibility there that they could get away with a point. If it's a nil-nil or if it's a 1-1, like, I don't really mind. And I think it would already be seen as a kind of a huge success. Playing away, getting a point from one of the stronger teams in the group would certainly make up for dropping these points in Cambodia. There's also maybe some kind of hope that Iraq might underestimate Hong Kong a little bit. They have not played before. I'm not sure how prepared they are, what to expect from Hong Kong at this point. They only know that it's one of the weaker sides in the group as well, supposedly the fourth ranked team in the group. Iran, at least they looked a little bit surprised at times of the game that for Hong sure, Kong can yeah. give them some run for the money. So hopefully it might also be a factor that can benefit Hong Kong. But yeah, I mean, the odds should be fairly clear that Iraq are the favorites but right. any point that Hong Kong can take away from there would be a major success be a major success and it would also be you know a reason for Hong Kong football fans to have a smile on their face rather than nothing at all because nothing has happened of late yeah not, not so many happy things have happened <laughs> now if you want to watch the game it's a late night kickoff I think it's a midnight kickoff on October 10th so that's a night from October 10th to October 11th and it should be broadcast somewhere <laughs> Fox Sports is the usual yeah uh, or even suspect. like one of the hong kong tv channels if it's view tv or, or something might might also carry the game so it should be possible to watch it but maybe not the game to look for that will definitely cheer you up it's one to check yeah. in the morning yeah maybe even check the result <laughs> well, and then have a watch that's very true uh, most of the time you're glad you didn't watch it right so anything else that we can talk about football related sports related <laughs> Sports related, certainly, but not, not football. There's a lot not happening in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's very true. The Formula E, that's uh, been a big one. The Hong Kong Squash Open, which is one of the long-standing tournaments. There's already been triathlon, cyclothon. Right. Um, Isn't it a potential tennis open? Was this also? Oh, the tennis open didn't happen mm -hmm. either. Yeah. So if we do get some football... You know, we should count ourselves quite lucky. That's very true. I mean, the Hong Kong football industry and all the sports events, they really have suffered quite a bit. Formula E race, right, which I think would just happen in, what is it? Scheduled for March. 
March, right? It's a cancellation five months ahead, which basically tells that there's not much belief that the situation will change anytime soon. So this has been fully replaced. It would have been the third or fourth time in Hong Kong? Yeah, I think it's the, the third. There are issues with where the circuit could be. So right. that's certainly a factor. Um, but, you know, the current situation will not have helped that. But it was just about, like, to establish itself, right? It's a kind of annual event where people in Hong Kong also start to understand what is it about and Absolutely. start to appreciate it. Big question, of course, then will be Rugby Sevens next year. I think that they would do the utmost not to cancel it, of course, or to, to relocate it because it's such a big fixture in the in the Rugby Sevens circuit. It's a big fixture in the Asian sporting right. community. And, you know, it's a massive financial driver for the city. But it brings me to something we can talk about. The <laughs> real jewel in the crown of the Hong Kong sporting scene, the Hong Kong Soccer Sevens. Did you see that uh, Matty Longstaff, who was with Newcastle United here this summer, well, back in... Back in May, June, he uh, scored the winner against Manchester United in the Premier League. Oh, ad- really? Adding himself to the list of illustrious names who've graduated from the Sevens. Wow. Breakthrough in Hong Kong and then leaving the city in shadows and... <laughs> Yeah, but then and he's smashing it in the Premier League. That's he's great. Left yeah. a Premier League giant in tatters as well. Hong, Hong Kong break, football's yeah. making a difference. <laughs> That's good to hear. Yeah, other than this, I think all the exciting sports news at the moment also happening outside of Hong Kong with other major leagues struggling with their businesses in China. The NBA famously at the moment has how to put this politely. <laughs> It's a you would call it an epic fail what they have created, but they might have plucked themselves out of the market for quite a while indeed and speaking of rockets that sunday goal he scored for wolves the other week <laughs> yeah that, that's a very nice transition can you explain a little bit more so tundai he scored a goal right he scored a goal for the under 23s against carlisle recently signed for wolves in the summer transfer window without argument he's the most high profile hong kong footballer overseas leave what you will about where he may or may not play in the future when it comes to his own uh, national appearances but he um he scored that was his first goal for the for the side it was in the checker trade trophy or similar and yeah it was a rocket very good goal so it seems he's, he's making the most so far of this opportunity to be at a premier league club and being the under 23s after last year what i would say was a setback going to oxford and then on loan to the netherlands it looks like he's he's making a good case for himself there no well, that's definitely good for him and yeah we hope that he can continue with this and then eventually making the right decision about which team he wants to represent internationally. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll wait and see, much like everything else in Hong Kong football right now. Right. Anything else? I think that's all. We, we talked quite a lot for a week where nothing happened. It's the right? best kind of week, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. So you basically can just talk about all the other things that are not happening in greater detail. That said, we will hear you again in two weeks from now. Uh, at least we will talk about the result then of the Hong Kong Iraq game and look what else is going on. There are no Premier League fixtures now scheduled for next weekend, so nothing that you could miss at that front. But yeah, we hope that football will soon return and you can again cheer for your team. And then we can tell you again that we hope that your team wins at some point. Until then, take care and bye-bye. Bye-bye.